Put your hands in the air. Why? Because there's a delicious Mars bar floating above your head. Enjoy. Oh, yes. listener to this episode 150 of the electronic wireless show the best weapons in games special which i when i suggested this theme was fairly sure we hadn't done before and i looked it up and i couldn't find us having done it before and now i've started to worry that actually we have uh this is rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion which is that of alice bell and i joined this week um by Horace Smith. <laughs> yes, of uh, Smith and Wesson fame. I thought Matthew was making a reference to RPS Horace the Bear, but Smith and Weston's Smith actually was called Horace. Yes, with my partner Daniel B. Wesson, we made um, cowboy guns. Specifically, they were like, let's make a gun for cowboys. <laughs> well, it was cowboy times. I think that's why I always think he's called Smith. It's Smith and Weston. I always say Weston because it's like the word worst, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Do you reckon their original guns were like Judge Dredd's, where if anyone who wasn't a cowboy touches them, they get electrocuted? Uh, I did want to put that in the guns, but Weston vetoed it. Oh, traitor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, the other voice you can hear is apparently Dragon Bane. I'm a colossal reptile. Right. <laughs> well, we'll ask him about that later. <laughs> uh, how are you both this week, fellas? Can't complain. Wow, well, that's a first for you, Matthew. Well, I very rarely complain. I'm quite a happy-go-lucky chap. You almost turned into a cartoon dog there. <laughs> <laughs> Such was your outrage. I, uh, I visited my parents at the weekend and stayed in a guest bedroom. And the bed was very, very short and had a very elaborate bed end. And it, it made me wonder why anyone has a bed end because it just, you know, it puts such a limitation on the bed, doesn't it? It's, it you know, it feels like. Why did anyone ever invent that? It's the full stop of furniture, isn't it? It's so dumb. You don't need it. Because I had to feed my feet through like some elaborate metal bars and I, <laughs> I was sort of too scared to go to sleep. Because I kept thinking, if I roll out of the bed for the first time break ever my in my ankles. life, it break my ankles. I'll basically like hobble myself. like in Stephen King's misery yourself. <laughs> Your self-misery. <laughs> I don't want to self-misery myself. <laughs> <laughs> why, well, that would be why, a nightmare. Why didn't you just bend your legs a little bit? Well, because like, you know. Your, oh, do you sleep on your back? Is that it? No, I, I just I didn't want to have to crawl up into a little weird ball. I tell you why. It's because the bed's quite narrow. Ah. You see, so I only have quite a limited bit of space to to go in before I kind of 
you know, encroach. So, yeah. I suppose I just the have thing, to deal with it. thing is I sleep in a weird little ball. So, like... Like, actually, like inside a sphere. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, a this little, is actually a Pokemon. <laughs> oh! A little egg, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm very compact. Convenient. Mm. I'd fit... I'd fit in like a, a a travel size uh bit of luggage i reckon do you are you woken every morning is the only way you can wake by column like throwing you at a, an opposing child and shouting your name <laughs> at which point you erupt from the ball and, and, and wake up fighting do my special attack yeah no, it's like it's like the scene in Jurassic Park where the Velociraptor is clawing out of the egg. That's so real. That is so real. <laughs> <laughs> and I imprint on whoever I see first every day. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, but that makes it really awkward if I go on holiday anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of the Electronic Wireless Show is sponsored by Wild Bill's Craft Beverage Company. At Wild Bill's, they make lightly carbonated sodas in kind of old school flavours like orange cream, black cherry and obviously root beer. Now they've sent us an ad read here and because Wild Bill's is a sort of old fashioned American good old boys kind of company, I've arranged for the Electronic Wireless Show Amateur Dramatic Society to perform this in the style of two cowboys sitting around a campfire eating beans out of a tin. So uh, take it away, lads. Oh, enjoying the taste of those beans. Oh, they're mighty salty, though. Guess I'm gonna have to drink a not-too-refreshing gallon of generic, heavily carbonated soda. No, no, no. You gotta ditch them manufactured flavors. Your taste buds deserve better. Treat yourself to Wild Bill's premium handcrafted soda pop. Mouth-watering beverages that allow you to escape to the most interesting places imaginable. So cheers to refusing to drink from the mainstream. At Wild Bill's, flavor isn't everything. It's the only thing. Whoa there, partner. Hold up. Did you say that this drink can let me escape from the purgatorial wasteland of the Old West? Here, pass me that can. Sure thing. Drink up, partner. Wow, that's not bad at all. If after listening to that you've got a hankering to shotgun a can of nostalgia, then head over to drinkwildbills.com and use the code CHEERS15 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Oh, see, Alice, is is that just for cowboys? Yeah, unfortunately that is just for the US, but still go to drinkwildbills.com and use the code CHEERS15 in all caps. Yeehaw. Oh, I've uh, I've just completed work on the ziggurat. Oh, that's um, your massive aquarium kind of monstrosity, isn't it? Yeah. So, in uh, Ashley and I have started referring to I've, I've sort of I'm in the third big phase of sort of upgrading all my tanks, and you know, like how the Marvel Cinematic Universe has like phases. Mm. So we are now officially in loads of fish tanks phase four. Um, (laughs) And it's like, you know, in like a game like Factorio or something where you get to a point where everything's a bit 
you know, higgledy piggledy and you need to upscale everything. So you just demolish loads of stuff and make massive replicated <laughs> rows of of machines and stuff. This is kind of where I'm at now. So I've just got like banks of identical small tanks <coughs> for rearing shrimps and stuff in. And I've made these really pleasing um, airflow matrices with all pipes going everywhere and mm. bubbles and stuff. It's really good. Big Frankenstein mood in here. Is it like the Marvel Universe? Do you kind of tease the next phase in the current phase? Yeah, yeah. So I'll just like include like a poor plasticine model of the next <laughs> fish I choose to buy in my current tank for the fish to wonder at. Oh, who's this stranger coming to town? <laughs> are you going to do a series of smaller tanks that are released episodically? Yeah, I was sort of, sort of thinking of experimenting with the 50s sitcom format uh, yeah. with, uh, mm. with my anchor catfish, yeah. I wonder if there are lots of websites having to run explainers on just understanding the next phase of your fish tanks. I wish I understood. It's sort of <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's, it's a work of art that's composing itself through me rather than a plan of mine. Mm. <laughs> like how... Whichever sculpture it was said that the sculpture is already in the marble. Exactly, yeah. My house is already full of like 500 fish tanks. I just need to remove all of the air and human comfort. This does have the, the beginnings of a Batman villain origin story as well. I can't remember what it was, but ages ago I said that like, I, I envisioned in like, if so, he was like, if anything happened to Nate, that like, like he should just open all the crab tanks and then like years later Tally will be found having been raised by the crabs, like the wolf children you read about, but she'll be like scuttling on the floor sideways and have a bin a bin strapped to her back. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I th I think that could happen with me still around. <laughs> just developing just some preposterous energies these days. <laughs> This morning she greeted, because I, I go in and wake her up in the mornings, and she just sprung bolt right in bed, sort of flexed, and said, I'm here in my life. <laughs> wow. I really feel like something you'd see on a sticker or a pair of socks in a Japanese department store. You see, when I say that, it's like looking at myself in the mirror in the morning and it's got a very different energy <laughs> here in my life. Uh, Many different line readings on that one. Oh, man. Also, having mentioned Marvel, I've been meaning to apologise for several weeks in a row and I keep forgetting, but I apologise to everyone for recommending the Loki television show because immediately after I recommended it, it got rubbish. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you, have you finished it, Matthew? Yeah, I I really liked the first couple of episodes and thought it was just going to be a fun show about hanging out with Owen Wilson, and it turned yeah. out it was just a load of old Marvel crap. So yeah, yeah. Is it true at one point he's a crocodile? Sort um, of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. It's not untrue to say that, but it's not as fun as you. That's think also it overselling, would be. like how much you'd probably enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, that is the main attractor for me. If like one of the characters 
you know, is unambiguously and like visibly a crocodile for a considerable fraction of the show, it's pretty much a dead cert for me. I mean, the character mm-hmm. is unambiguously a crocodile f- for their entire exit. Like, they are just a crocodile, but they're not in it very much. They're in it for a- an episode and they're really underutilized, in my opinion. Like, if, you, if you're going to have a crocodile, have a crocodile. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I'm very yeah. excited for the Sylvester Stallone shark man in The Suicide Squad. Oh, the new He's, one. Um, yeah, it actually appeals to me. Like, a, I'm fine with that. It's a giant starfish, isn't there? Isn't the star I the body so. a giant starfish? Excellent. Anyway, I want to walk back that recommendation and I uh, apologize for it. Sometimes we get things wrong here at the Electronic Wireless Show. <laughs> um, I, 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 staying on the subject of recommendations, though, uh, you finished Bullet Train, right? Yeah, I did. It was brilliant. I can't yeah. believe how much Thomas the Tank Engine ended up being integral to parts of the plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's formed a really, a really significant kind of section. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, but apart from that, is is very smart and very fun. It's a real, it's a real like it's a as as fun as you can imagine a story about a bunch of assassins on the bullet train being. It is more fun mm-hmm. than that. It's really good. I think it's cause they're they're making a film of it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, um... Weirdly, I think it is still set in Japan and on a bullet train, but it's got like loads of Western actors playing the assassins, which uh, I'm not entirely sure yeah. you know, how that's going to work, like Brad Pitt's in it and stuff. But there's lots of stuff in it. Like you can just see the scenes when you're reading it. You're like, oh, yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the sitting down fight scenes and stuff. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, no, I hope that. Well, as long as they keep the Thomas the Tank Engine stuff in, then I'll be happy. But I feel like Hollywood isn't mm. brave enough. <laughs> To do that, yeah, I've got to give this a waggle. I think. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of assassins, uh, they all have different ways of uh, carrying out their hits in Bullet Train. Um, uh. They have sort of signature moves and signature weapons they use, uh, and that's the subject of today's uh, episode of the Electronic Wireless Show. So as I said at the top, I, I have started to worry that we've done this before because Nate did say, oh, that's a gimme when I said we hadn't done it before and, and it seems so obvious. Maybe we have. But either way, you know, everyone likes a weapon, don't they? Um, I actually said that's a gimli. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, I was more. it's... it's more likely a thing, I would say. Yeah. yeah. If your phone's going to autocorrect anything to anything, mm. gimme to Gimli. Imagine having legit. a curse where your phone autocorrected every third word to Gimli. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about our favourite weapons. Um, and uh, I mean, the, the, pro- I, the problem is that it's quite a wide scope because basically every, almost every game it features some kind of weapon, apart from the, the non-violent cute ones. Oh, but- I was going to start with a very broad question, which was, like, how important are cool weapons to you? Because when I was younger, like, a game having a cool weapon or an especially violent weapon would probably have been enough for me to want to buy it, you know? And that's probably just, like, 
I, I don't know if this is how things were marketed differently back then and like we've moved beyond that or I've moved beyond that. But I, I, you know, distinctly remember the kind of inventiveness of violent weapons being quite a big talking point, you know, probably 20, 25 years ago. So like... Um, well, considering the continued commercial success of the Borderlands franchise, uh, I'd imagine it's still quite a selling point. Mm. <laughs> but, well, I, I don't know. I think it depends on the game because, like, something like Gears of War, for example, is a very good, you know, shootery space marine game, right? And it does cool mm-hmm. stuff like the the reload thing. I'm pretty sure we've talked about the mm-hmm. the that action hot reload before. But without a gun with a chainsaw on it, what is it but a big man shooting aliens? You know. <laughs> and I think mm. that that maybe the the gun the, the you know the the chainsaw gun is kind of distills. Um, Gears of War in into an easily marketable statuette, you know. Uh, yeah, the word iconic gets overused a lot in games marketing. <clears throat> it seems anything can be iconic if a press release needs it to be. But I would say, yeah, the chainsaw gun <clears throat> is in the most literal sense iconic in mm. that a little simplified drawing of that presented to you know someone who is aware of games would immediately bring to mind gears of war mm. like but- a keyblade would be those awful games where <laughs> like goofy K- kingdom hearts yeah oh where goofy dies <laughs> again and again and again um cuz you Nate you mentioned um uh, Borderlands, and it has a lot of weapons in it, but are any of them like do they stand out sufficiently? Because I don't know, it's not that I don't like Borderlands, Borderlands is decent, but uh, I, d- oh, I don't just... know if the, the guns are a, a key feature for me. That's weird. I've just got a text from friend of the show, Anthony Hopkins, saying I can't discuss that. Mm. And we'll have to move on to talking about another game for reasons nothing to do with foreshadowing. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I, I, I I think the thing I was sort of thinking of was like, like I would literally, like back in the day, I remember wanting like Turok Two because it had a gun called the Cerebral Bore, which you'd shoot at someone and it it would drill into their head and then their brains would spray out the top of their head. And I didn't really care like what else was in that game. I just <laughs> knew it had that and I wanted to see that. And like, I wanted to be able to show my friends that and just cause this was, you know, pre video on the internet. So like you'd see screenshots of it, but you didn't really have an idea of like how it, you know, how it moved and what noise it made and everything. Um, and I think a lot of my, like games I wanted when I was like 12 and 13 were kind of dictated on similar things. There was that one about, um, was it Messiah where you played as like the little angel cherub who could kind of possess people. Um, and it had like a quite early on, you could get a harpoon gun, which when you fired at people, it would like propel them backwards and pin them to the wall. 
again, like that is a feature that would sell a game to me as a 12 year old. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you what did it for me in that category. Do you remember the original Unreal Tournament? Yeah. Um, the Redeemer in that, which was the missile launcher where when you fired it, it switched you to piloting the missile. Oh, and right, it was right. like a nuke, basically. <laughs> um, it was that was just desperately fun. Yeah, I don't know. I never had that level of bloodlust as as a, a child. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I because I, I the games that I was interested in were a lot of RPG stuff, um, a lot of kind of like isometric, uh, like. Uh, simulation games like your your theme parks yeah. and stuff so they're not really in fairness they're not really weapon heavy I mean, if there's a gun in those games something's gone wrong yeah 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 so contrary to what i said earlier about every game having a weapon in it that's not true that was a lie <laughs> um yeah but- i just feel like i i don't know it's almost like people would be embarrassed to talk about guns like silly guns now you know, it's almost like we're beyond that and it's it's like everything's grown up a bit and, you know, I yeah. I, I miss that. That was kind of a key part of games when I was growing up. Like, again, mm. not a PC game, but like Perfect Dark, you know, famously had well, tens and tens gun. and tens of guns and they all had secondary functions. And just that idea of like, it's a gun, but it does two things. It seemed like the most exciting thing in the world. But now, like they're bringing Perfect Dark back, and like when you hear them talk, you know, they've only talked a little bit about it. But like the thing they lead with, with this, like, um, it's like, oh, we're like we're looking at like environmental issues. You know, it's about like corporations and environments, and you're like, <laughs> oh, what happened to like <laughs> a gun that can shoot through walls? <laughs> yeah, that's like, not what I want. It's like Tory politicians riding bikes. To, to be green. Oh, I just don't look sad. It's like, be true to yourself. I want to hear about a hundred mad guns. Like, I don't need you to be, like, good, a good person. Um, well, also- it was always the, the, the sort of the weapons that did things that weapons don't usually do that, that really intrigued me. Because I think actually pretty early on in my life, I felt like I had had enough of repeatedly clicking on people to slowly make them vanish. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just not that interested in standard gunplay in games. But, yeah, when, when guns do strange things uh, or don't involve the usual sorts of thinking or skills as other weapons, then they really they light me up. I like that. Um, one, probably my... Uh, my favourite one of all time, the Redeemer made me think of it, actually, because it's quite similar. Did you ever play the, the, the old 1993 XCOM, the, the old granddad of the, the I series? Mean, years and years ago, a little bit, yeah. The best weapon in that, and it was so broken, uh, was a thing called the Blaster Launcher, uh, <laughs> which fired these delicious-looking discs. Um <laughs> And you could plot waypoints around the map in three dimensions with them. And I've never seen anything like it in my life because the accuracy, rather than like deciding whether it hit its final target, it had a percentage chance to, to go a square wide right. um, at each 
at each time you turned it. So you could do these incredible shots where it navigated the entire way across the map through a crashed UFO and into some chump's bonce. But <laughs> if you, if you, you know, just got one turn wrong, it could just slam into a wall, annihilating all of your squad crouched outside the ship. It was such a good weapon. That sounds amazing. <laughs> the blaster launcher. I mean, we have gone in quite hard with, with guns, but of course that's not the only kind of weapon. Um, and I, I have to say that I was going to bring up, and I think this is, I would say this is iconic, although you can argue with me, but I do st- will all, and will always carry a place in my heart for yelling a dragon to death in mm. Skyrim. I think that's a weapon. I, I is the voice a weapon? Yeah. Well, it, is in, it is in Skyrim. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess shouting as a martial art. But I mean, in, in Skyrim, it's actually magic. Like you, you yell a dragony word of power and it yes, has well, an effect. So it kind, of, kind of belongs in the best magic podcast we did the other week. Well, magic is also a weapon. Surely. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, doesn't Hitman show us that anything can be a weapon if you trunk someone on the back of the bunker with it? <laughs> but I, I do, I do think like that. That whole thing was really good. Like the first advert for Skyrim, I think everyone lost their minds because because they timed the the big like Viking man yelling Fusrodar with the music, and everyone was like, "Oh." It was so cool. It was mega, wasn't it? It was, re- yeah. Um, Do you think in that in that universe they have to be careful, like when they stump their toes and things, that they don't accidentally like yell a hole in the wall? Um, you'd have to, yeah. Like how how kind of um, conscious of of the yelling is it? Is it just saying the words is enough? Yeah. Well, imagine the sheer danger of like naming your son like. Fus Rodi. Because <laughs> if you mispronounced it, you'd just blast him off a cliff. You wouldn't do it. There's no way. No, like, you would because cause even the someone first. Someone would say, like, oh, I just wouldn't do this. This is obviously <laughs> going to be a disaster. It's actually it's a terrible power to have now I think about it. Yeah. Because it's not just. There are, there are loads of different ones. I'm pretty sure one's like a fire thing. What, what makes you go fast, though? That's quite good. You can just run really so you just, quick. You just yell and you move faster. I actually haven't yeah. played much of Skyrim, so it's like it's like what tennis players do to hit really hard. Like you yell and you go fast. Yeah. Imagine oh, if Sonic good. had to do that, just roaring his way through the Screamed. green hell zone. Scream if you want to go faster. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's where it comes from, clearly. <laughs> it's an old uh, Tamriel proverb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also want to throw in uh, a more recent game, which is Hades. I think the weapons in Hades are supoib. Mm. Really great. Do you great. have a favourite? Uh, I, I like the bow and I like stacking like Artemis and Apollo stuff not Apollo um uh Ares 
because Apollo's not even in it. But I like stacking their boons because uh, Artemis has some great crit ones and stuff. Um, mm. So I, I see. Think- I never go for crit bonuses in games. The way I always think about it when choosing bonuses is like, would I rather have something that gives me a small advantage 100% of the time or a massive advantage very, very rarely? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then it's always about like it, then in- increasing the, the number of hits you're doing so that chance fires right up. That's, where, that's the magic spot, isn't it? It's, it's crits plus like volume of attacks. And then you're in the magic. You're right, though. If you, if you, you don't want to mismatch it. Um, well, yeah, because if you've just increased your base damage by a small amount, then increasing the number of hits. Yeah, that also, that, yeah, yeah, that, also that, yeah, that definitely helps. But I think you can, I think uh, Hades is pretty juicy with the, with the crits, pretty generous with the crit stuff, and you can do some good things. The problem I have with, with games like that is I get kind of tunnel vision. Once something's worked for me, I get kind of hooked on, trying to get it again and obviously yeah. you have no control and no power over that so i'm i'm always it, it takes like an awful lot to get me out of that headspace and trying like another weapon so like i you know i, I had a, like my best ever run with the bow so it's the bow forevermore hoping to get the same combination of things and not i love kind the of, shield yeah i don't really like the the rush with that one the kind of the charge chargey dash Oh, that's just the thing I do all the time. Yeah. It protects and it attacks. I tend to like faster things because I like, so I like the spear in Hades as well. I'll generally go for, for a, a kind of spear, bow, uh, dagger kind of stuff. Like, uh, oh, I was going to mention as well, boyfriend dungeon, where your weapons are your dates as well. Oh yeah, I've yeah. been watching you play. Well, not watching you play, but hearing you talk about that with delight. Yeah, that, so I've, is that like the is that like the deeper the romance goes, the better the weapon is? Yeah, like the better you get on with them, the the more kind of uh, abilities you unlock with that weapon. Um, so I've played like the first couple hours uh, a preview, and. Uh, you you get like a, a talwar. He's he's like a quite a, a big um, sword and uh, an S stock, which is kind of a, a more rapier like fast, and uh, a dagger are the first three that you get. You get more after that, I think. But um, yeah, you go on dates with it. Basically, when you use them in a dungeon, you kind of level up your like love level with them and when they hit when they ding a level you can't level them up anymore until you go on a date with them right uh, and it's it's weirdly the most kind of realistic uh response i've had to a dating sim in that you know most game romances and dating sims and stuff you uh it doesn't really matter because the whole point of the game is just getting them to like you so you could just say whatever and just pick whichever one you fancy or whatever. And like in mm. Dragon Age or Bioware games, the romance is happening kind of t- as a side dish to all the other mm. stuff. So like, it's not like, you know, uh, whoever, uh, uh, an elf that you fancy is going to be worse at fighting because your relationship is going badly. But in this... Mm. 
uh, I've kind of responded to it a bit more sympathetically because I am like dating them is really explicitly tied to like using them both metaphorically. But that's what I mean. I, it, it's made me feel like bad because like, you know, I really like using the dagger and she's, she's quite closed off, but she started opening up to me, you know, uh, and I don't want to like lead her on, <laughs> you know. It's genuinely um, a really fascinating little, little dynamic that. Yeah, it's really, really good. Do they, ever, do they ever like complain that, like, do they know that their weapon's being used to like slice people up? Are they like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, know, yeah. So the whole thing is that like it's in a it's sort of like California-ish and it's just set in a world where uh some people can just turn into swords or whatever. Um mm-hmm. and the hot new kind of workout routine is you go into a dunge, a dungeon, which is just kind of a sort of mirror world where you face um l- like psychological enemies conjured by your own <laughs> subconscious. Um, okay, and and it's Sounds like a, a good workout, yeah, yeah, and it's a good workout for you and for the weapons, you know, apparently. Um, and they all have this amazing, like when you first meet them, they have this amazing transformation uh, cinematic, like in an anime, where you like they start off as a sword and then they just kind of whoosh and like sort of Sailor Moon transform into mm. a person. It's really great. <laughs> I've been watching some of those, and I think they're very pretty, but I do think they're cowardly. I would like it if they're just like, you know, really horrendously shift topography from blade to human. (laughs) You know, with like gurning faces sort of bulging out of hilts and sort of (laughs) blades like shizzing into limbs and... Isn't the idea like people want to be, you know, that presumably they want people to buy this game because they're kind of horny for the weapons? Yeah, that's Which they probably wouldn't do if it's got like extreme Nate body horror in it. Hey, listen, don't kink shame me, man. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's fine because it works both ways because there's also like a sword that I don't really like as a person. Um, And I think he's kind of using me, and I I just kind of don't like hanging out with him. (laughs) And, And so, like, and I, yeah, I'm not really like really using him much in the dungeons and stuff as well. It's really interesting. If I like if it you lot. were if you were in the world of of um, what's it called? Boyfriend dungeon? No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Although what I should say, like, so, so, so some of the boyfriend options are women. I think there's uh, at least one oh, okay. non-binary as well. So it's not. What Just weapon? friends dungeon? Friend dungeon. Yeah. Um, friend dungeon. What weapons would you would you two turn into? Um, ooh, I don't know. I feel like, like some kind of, some kind of bat. I feel like, like a, a kind of, oh, I don't know. Like a cricket bat. Not like a baseball bat. What do you think we turn into, Matthew? Because uh, I feel mm-hmm. like Nate would be like a, a an axe, like a double-headed like oh, I'm kind like of a big acts. comedy like boxing glove or something. I think I'd be um have you seen I forget what movie it is. Is it like Old Boy or something where there's that gangster who just uses a really heavy glass ashtray to brain people? Uh I mean that's that so there's another Korean film where there's a gangster who hits people with an ashtray. Yeah, I think I'd be that <laughs> because I'm very heavy but also very fragile. Mm. Like 
Yeah, so... glass, like, 60s pub ashtray. Yeah. Also, it's just, just sort of got hor- horrible brute energy, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Interesting. I, I think don't know I'd if people be... want to date a big ashtray. No. No, yeah. I'd be loveless. <laughs> I, I think I'd be something quite low effort because I'm weak and lazy. It's probably not bad thinking about it. Um, I think you'd be one of those cool, like, long sticks that monks batter people with. Thank you. Like a bow staff or something. Yeah. Just a a piece of, like, uh, it's not really a weapon, but um, just like a bamboo cane. When people get hit with those, those things freaking hurt. We used to (laughs) batter each other with bamboo canes when we were kids. I, 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 I like... First of all, the both of you kind of view me as a sort of death by a thousand cuts person, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, we've gotten another nightmarish glimpse at your childhood, like when people weren't <laughs> filling your trousers with water. They were, <laughs> they were caning, caning you. you. Well, we were all caning each other. <laughs> That's what kids do. Anything that looks like a sword, you have a sword fight with. Oh. Someone's got bamboo canes for their like run of beans. You pluck them out and start start whacking each other. Oh, halcyon days of my youth! I remember when they <laughs> staple gunned my bollocks to a rusted train. Yeah, <laughs> look when a kid says to you like, "Oh," like you're like, "Oh, in my day, we used to make our own fun," and they're like, "Oh, Uncle Matthew, what did you used?" <laughs> Corporal punishment. <laughs> it's not, but it's a sword fight. It's very like cinematic and <laughs> yeah. Oh man, like in Lord of the Rings, when Aragorn just batters all of those orcs with a stick. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Matthew, you should become a fight director for like Michael Bay films. Well, that would be brilliant. Know. I think Matthew it'd be would be an old old school western revolver. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's. I a good like that. Show. Yeah, that would be good. A wet tea um, towel. <laughs> a wet tea, tea towel that you spin and then you whip crack someone. Whip, yeah. <laughs> a rubber band that you ping on someone's arm in geography and get them in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's my energy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> anyway, any other guess? <laughs> I wanted to, um, I, I really like the, and this is probably just because I've been replaying one of the spin-off games recently, but the um, the range of domestic items that are turned into weapons in the Yakuza games um, oh, yeah. are superb, because it's got like, you know, it's like very advanced Streets of Rage in that you can just pick up any like prop on the street, and a lot of them have a bespoke uh, kind of heat attack, which is like you charge up this energy bar, and then you can do like a signature takedown and a lot of them it's just like you whack someone over the head with like a complete mountain bike um and that's that's not particularly sophisticated but sometimes like if you're fighting near like a tea house you get like you can hook up like a boiling kettle off their little stove and then like pour you kick them to the ground and then like pour boiling water on them um which is quite good you can equip yourself with table salt and then salt someone's eyes um, 
he just holds them and, and then just sort of sorts them and they go, ah, lot. Um, I often, a lot of stuff in Yakuza, I spend a lot of time thinking about would this have killed them or not? Because the whole thing is that you're just meant to be battering people, not killing them. Because that's like a big no-no in, in like Yakuza lore. Um, but I'm pretty sure like most of these people would be dead or or at least ruined for life. Like if you properly pour <laughs> boiling, like co- like a concentrated stream of boiling water onto someone's head, I think that would probably do for them. That's yeah, going to do an injury. Yeah, that's um, like, it's like how Batman's like technically not a, right. a murderer, right? But like maiming for sure. Definitely. Um, it's annoyingly, it's, it's the one that isn't on PC, but in Judgment, where you sort of play as a private eye instead of a gangster. Um, you can like befriend the shopkeepers, and then if you're having a fight near their shop, they'll pop out and like throw you weapons to use. But they're th- it's whatever they sell in the shop. So like a restaurant guy might pop out and throw you like hot sauce to pour in someone's eyes. Oh, and there's cool. another guy. There's another guy. He throws out like a skewered, like a kebab skewer of meat, and you just like force feed it to someone. But whenever that happens, I always think, well, I'd just be like, thanks, a free kebab. That's like, <laughs> that's <laughs> really weird. Yeah, like that isn't the violent takedown they think it is. H- having a whole skewer of meat pushed violently into your mouth, that probably wouldn't be great. But if you ate fast enough, I think you'd be able to like survive it. That really feels like one of those things where someone snakes their fetish into a game. Um, <laughs> huh, wouldn't it be weird if he just like forces a whole kebab in someone's mouth? Yeah, that'd be so funny. Yeah. Oh, oh, it'd be so weird if you put that in the game. Ha <laughs> ha. And then what? <laughs> Unless. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I think if I was to pick a fight with the main guy from Judgment, I would definitely pick a fight with him outside the Popo convenience store because I might get a free kebab out of it. <laughs> uh, what about. Uh, let's quickly bring back the uh, trip to the aquarium feature. Who do we want to take to the aquarium with Matthew this week? Ooh. Uh, what about the last off Perfect Dark? Joanna Dark with her many weapons. Yeah. Well, as I said, as I said earlier, it sounds like their new direction. She's going to be very like eco-conscious, and so (laughs) she's unlikely to join me in my in my fish damage. I think the Joanna Dark of twenty years ago would have maybe been a bit more up for it. She loaded fish into a special gun that fired piranhas. Yeah. She had a gun called the laptop gun, which was like a machine gun, or you could just place it as like a sentry turret. And you could just place one of those and let that do all the work. But what work is it doing well, so in the she, London Aquarium? She'd have like an automated gun. Yeah, for yeah. Banging. Like that's the beauty of it. She, she puts the laptop sentry by the fish tank. It shoots all the fish for us, and we can just go and sit in the cafe. So hang on, I, d- I didn't realise your objective was now to annihilate as many yeah, fish as possible. It's, it's escalated, oh, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's something that we could do if she was there. I mean, I'm not saying we should. That's it. I, I think um, <laughs> if we're going to sort of gradually mould this bit into a semblance of order, I think the, the premise is that it's going back in time to 2005, where I'm there as the hapless 
weekend boy in my scratchy yellow shirt on the stupid fake deck chair trying to protect the dogfish from marauding Spanish teenagers. Mm. And oh. like, it's it's like how the ranger is constantly being pestered by that bear and uh, Yogi Bear. Um, you know, you're doing the equivalent of running around with a string of sausages dangling from your mouth. Right. right? Smacking on all the tanks. My, my and I'm trying to chase you down. My understanding is kind of like, Matthew goes to London's Aquarium with whoever, starts banging on the glass uh, while, while Nate is, you know, I guess watching and attempting to, to stop him. And, and what does your guest do? How do they respond right. to that situation? Um, well, well she, if, she was, if she was up for the banging, she's got like a, she had this like good tranquilizer gun that could basically make your sight all blurry and you were basically so messed up that you, could, you couldn't do anything. So she could like inject Nate with a load of those tranquilizers, being very careful because its secondary function was a lethal injection. Um, <laughs> that would be so weird, yeah. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> we used to play that in multiplayer. If someone got hit with the tranquilizer... You were about to say we used to do that yeah! at school. We used to pretend no, to worst, give each other most... lethal injection. No, the worst oh, death... We used to hold each other down and inject each other with bleach. <laughs> the, worst, the worst death in Perfect Dark when we were playing on the N64 was someone gets hit with a tranquilizer so they can't see then everyone else comes up and hits them with the tranquilizer. So their view is basically, they're completely out of the game. They just can't do anything. And then someone lethally injects them. It was so horrible. I, I think <laughs> I, would, I would bring the Yakuza guy because like, there's one thing that runs through like, a lot of facets of Japanese culture is fascination with the old water boys oh this is interesting so right on side of me so nate's picking a fighter as well is that what's happening now i am now yeah okay. <laughs> this is the bit now so yeah i bring him and he would just maim both of you i don't with- know he's actually quite careless around fish like he he will well actually, uh, it's again it's the guy from judgment <laughs> rather than the guy from yakuza but you, there's like a Quite a few fights next to this sort of. Um, I don't know what it's meant to be. If it's like a, if it's a meant to be like a a place where they sell fish, or rather than an, an outright aquarium, but you can chuck people into this like watery pool, and then they jump out, and they've got like a this sort of turtle biting onto their nose, and it kills them. <laughs> Just makes perfect sense, really. So I think they're actually. I think if anything, he'd chuck people into the tanks. Everything's an environmental takedown for that guy. All right, Matthew I think this makes one's a good a sale, mate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he might chuck me in because he doesn't like me banging. Like it's that, an agent of chaos, got, yeah. That's got big Yakuza energy. Like, there's this horrible boy who keeps banging on the tank. And then he, he's like, oh, okay, I'll help you out and, ch- and beat him up. And because when you fight people in Yakuza, it says the name of what you're fighting. So it will say, like, menacing men or drunken businessman, or local <laughs> thugs. And for me, it'd be like the tank banger. The tank banger. Tank, tank banging fish botherer. <laughs> Nate would be the quest giver. Yeah, this has got a good Yakuza side quest energy. I'd be up for it. Uh, I, think, I haven't played this, but I think I'd really get on with the guy. <laughs> I think you would. 
I guess so. This week we determined that uh, this that this is actually the whole scenario is a Yakuza side quest. So that's good job. That's job well done. We've achieved something this week. I'm proud of us. Top hmm. bit. If you want to keep up to date with PC gaming, you should listen to Rock Paper Shotgun's weekly podcast, The PC Gaming Week Spot. On it, I, Colm Ahern, and I, Matthew Castle, talk all the big news, we review the new games, and I destroy you in our weekly quiz. Oh, come on! Yeah, actually, you are mostly right. You can subscribe to The PC Gaming Week Spot via all of your podcatching apps, or you can listen or watch us every Tuesday on rockpapershotgun.com. Right, now let's head down. Uh, into the cavern of lies. Uh, Nate, do you want to? Oh no, it's Matthew. Does the uh, the sting first? I apologise, Matthew. Lead us off. The cavern of lies. Uh, so the cavern this week, as heavily foreshadowed, is uh, Nate's, and I believe it's going to be about Borderlands. Although I could be wrong. You never know with the cavern. And today, you step down into it. It's just bare rock and uh, illuminated by a single shaft of, of light coming in through a crack in the ceiling is a stone slab. And on that stone slab is an ancient cracked sword. What are you going to do? Can I, yeah, is there anything else? Right. Yeah, is there anything <laughs> Is there anything else in the room? I don't trust you or the sword. So, is- uh, there's there's a there's a giant metal crate. Can we? But can it's we- sealed with massive locks. Mm. So you you're not high enough level to open it. Okay. Well, I guess I guess I'm going to approach the sword and try and pull it out. In that case, and I'll I'll be there offering moral support. Thanks, Matthew. There are, there's a, a whirlwind of beautiful colours and flashing lights and the sword begins to unfold with unholy geometry, uh, splitting into a giddy fractal um, that coalesces once more into a familiar figure. That's <laughs> right. Know. Friend of the show, Sir Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hello. Uh, do, do you like my new trick? Uh, you're, are Where you starring you? in Boyfriend Dungeon, Sir Anthony? Yes, right. Uh, that was very impressive. So I can turn into a blade now. <laughs> oh. oh, that's yes. good, yeah. Anyway, just, just, just a trifle, really, a frippery. Listen, <laughs> what I'm, I'm really up to down here is I'm, well, I've... I've killed an awful lot of bandits. I won't lie to you. <laughs> right. I put up a stiff fight, but <clears throat> I did slay them all. And, uh, well, they've left behind this, this crate of incredible loot. Uh, it's got a lot of guns in it. And they're guns from the uh, Borderlands franchise. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, my, I haven't upgraded my backpack. I, I, I can only carry four of them up to the surface. Right. Ah, okay. Now, I, I know for a fact one of them is, uh, is actually, um, it's, it's an imposter. It's a trickster. It's, uh, it's actually my nemesis, uh, 
the 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 other one off of Westworld. What's his name? Famous actor Ed Harris. <laughs> Wait. So you're saying there's like there's a thing of five guns, and one of them is actually Ed Harris pretending to be a gun. <laughs> That's right. He's turned into some manner of rival. <laughs> this, is, this is this is preposterous, even by your standards, Tony. <laughs> Look, it's not for you to understand the affairs of gods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, fair point. Interesting. What's Ed Harris the gun the god of? Um. Being very naughty. <laughs> very naughty indeed. He's an enemy of the show. Oh no, I like it. All right, carry on. And uh, this is deep lore to be explained at another time. <laughs> anyway, I, I need you to read the descriptions that hover above the weapons when you gaze on them and find out which, which one's likely to be that Paris. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Tuck the other ones in my haversack and be away. Haversack. <laughs> okay. All right. Give, give us the breakdown. Okay, let's just have a look at what have we got. Well, this. Well, this is an embarrassing one to start with. This gun is called Butt Plug. Uh, I know. It's. Uh, it. Well, you get it by there's a, a particular boss in the game. You have to shoot him um, in the bottom. If you know, if you if you kill him that way, then you you can receive this weapon. It's a Jacob's pistol, and uh, it it you um, uh, as with a lot of Jacob's weapons, it's got a good melee damage, and it uh, does a lot more melee damage if you hit someone from behind. It's very crude, but that's you know that's Borderlands for you. Mm. Not a particularly great weapon, but, you know, if you find, find that sort of wordplay entertaining, then there's the value, I suppose. Mm. The question is, do we, okay. do we believe that Gearbox would find that kind of wordplay entertaining? Thing, I absolutely do. I uh, absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, if you were trying to, to make a sarcastic example of a weapon that one would find in Borderlands, that's quite mm. an easy one to go for. Uh, what's what's the next, anyway. Anthony? Well, the, the next one's just bloody weird, to be honest. Um, it's a Tidori weapon called Ten Gallon. That's in Borderlands 3. Um, now, you'll know Tidori weapons, their, their main thing is they, they do strange things when they reload. And this mm-hmm. weapon turns into a ghost. <laughs> what? what? Why so is it called you, Ten Gallon? What? I don't know why it's called Ten... Well, because... <laughs> cowboys, I suppose. Um... When you throw the gun away, <laughs> its spirit will follow you uh, and, and make pew-pew noises, and it, it's, it's almost like a sort of a drone turret. Okay. Uh, very weird, but yes, it's, it's a weapon whose ghosts follow you around. I like that. I like okay. that. Anthony Hopkins sounds genuinely kind of sort of disturbed by this ghost gun. <laughs> disturbed and <laughs> confused, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's <laughs> behind door number three? Well, you thought that was weird. Uh, the, the next weapon's very high concept. Um, it's one of the very rare legendaries in Borderlands 3. It's a sniper rifle called the Narcissist. And right. every time you, every time you uh, headshot with this weapon, uh, there, there is a percentage chance that instead of, um, you know, uh, the number of hit points you've taken off the, the character coming up, a name comes up instead, some floating text. And what's actually happened is you've, you've shot one of the names out of the game's credits. 
And when you eventually finish the game and get to the credits, that name will be replaced with your own. Um, oh. And it's a very rare weapon. Where, uh, a very rare weapon. No one's actually managed to replace all of the names in the credits with their own yet. And it's, it's, it's one of those things, those secrets uh, that may or may not uncover something. Maybe a complete waste of time, but I mean, uh, there's people with safe files dedicated to doing that. I mean, that, that's an amazing concept. I'm, I'm a bit... Saying like this is very... It's very high... It's very rare seems to me to be like, well, if you haven't heard of it, that's because it is very rare. Uh, Borderlands 3, you say? Borderlands 3, that's right, yes. Okay, uh, what's gun number I, four? Actually, I think all of these are from Borderlands 3, if I'm quite honest. Okay. Um, the, the fourth one is the Iridian Fabricator. This is another very unusual gun. If, if I you call this one high concept as well. Uh, it's well, has no easy way to put this. It fires guns. Uh, so it's the Iridians are, the, of course, the aliens in the Borderlands franchise. And this is one of their, their strange contraptions. Uh, and, yeah, it, it uses uh, Iridian, the sort of the, the, the alien gunk, instead of uh, ammunition. And it fires out lots of guns, um, which you can then peruse and select from. Um, Interesting. Bring up, of course, the potential of a situation where it fires out another Iridian fabricator. And then, then things get, well, that's a bit of a mm. frightening situation. A, Terrible fright. Okay. A, a gun that shoots guns, that sounds, that sounds legit to me. Very Borderlands, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's like someone saw a meme and was like, let's make that. I can, just, I can almost hear Randy Pitchford saying that in the presentation to people. Like, yeah. we've even got a gun that fires guns. I can just see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's the last one, Sir Anthony Hopkins? Well, this, this, this gun fires burgers. Right. Delicious, <laughs> juicy burgers. <laughs> right. What's it called? Little, it's called the Gettle Burger. And the burgers with burst. A, with a G. Ah, that's right, yes. Okay. And, uh, yeah, the, the burgers sort of bounce around and explode, and do corrosive damage. Okay. Corrosive damage. Yeah, probably the mustard, I would guess, Alice. Oh, uh, Yeah. You, you remember this, um, when you, there's a city level, isn't there, the, um, the, um, Mary on, uh, the Metroplex, that's it. There's a, there's a restaurant of some kind you can do missions for. It's one of the rewards you can get. Oh, Anthony Hopkins, you know so much about Borderlands. I bloody love a loot and shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's now, speaking of you. which, it's time for you to shoot your shot. Which of these five weapons <laughs> is that marauding Thespian Harris? Okay. I think the butt plug and the Iridian Fabricator are probably real for, for the uh, can you imagine Randy saying it on stage yeah. test, right? <laughs> um, I also think the Gesselberger might pass that test as well. It's a weird name. It is weird. I was, I was initially suspicious of the 10-gallon, but 
the the kind of disconnect between the name and the thing itself makes me think that it that's too weird to kind of make up mm. for the purposes of a cavern. So I'm I'm between the narcissist and the Gesselberger. And my, my thing with the narcissist is that I think it's kind of too high concept and also someone would have done it by now. I think yeah. I think it's got was, an extremely low probability to swap out a name. I think that was it was peppered with um g- believable details uh but I do think they were lies nonetheless. Personally, I think mm. that's that's a bit too kind of clever. <laughs> For the game that also has the butt plug, you know. But I don't know what do because you. I've not played Borderlands Three, and you have. I have, but there's so much stuff in that game I haven't seen. Like there's there's tons of stuff. I I think the narcissist gun's like a brilliant idea, and like if I'd seen that, I'd have been like, oh, that's so cool, that's so smart. But I I don't know. I think I actually am more suspicious of this, a gun that fires burgers. It's just a bit vague. Interesting. Okay. Can a we bit... pick different guns, uh, Sir Anthony? Well, of course, yes, absolutely. Well, I'm going to pick the burger gun. All right, I'll, I'll pick the narcissist then. On the basis that, uh, yeah, I think it, it is a, an interesting and weird idea. Uh, and too interesting and weird. For gearbox. Oh, uh, right. Well, let the uh, first. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I I think I can imagine Ed Helms, uh, Ed Harris, even coming up with that. Ed Helms would have a very different energy. Yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah. So, if you'd just both like to fire at that target over on the far wall of the cavern, we'll we'll see. Okay. We'll see who's uh, who's done well. All right. I'll- who else go first? Well, I'll I'll, I'll do mine first. So fire, fire simultaneously. I'm Let's gonna, uh, yeah, okay. Burger, burger, burger. Name, <laughs> name, name, name. Well, 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 well. You know, I had a friend once who used to um, used to forge wax seals for a living, and he, he always said to me, Anthony, Sir Anthony, you know, you know, the thing about a forgery. <laughs> it's not got to be a good copy. It's got to be better than the real thing. <laughs> so you fire, you fire your guns, and as you do, there's a, a a sting of foreboding brass music. It sounds an awful lot like the soundtrack to uh, Stalingrad set war film "Enemy at the Gates." It <laughs> oh, no. Harris cometh because he's uh, he's up on the bluff. Um, higher up in the cavern, uh, dressed, of course, as the um, cold-blooded aristocratic Nazi sniper from Enemy at the Gate. And I'm afraid to say he puts a bullet clean through, uh, clean through Matthew's skull. Yeah. Oh, no. real. Oh, I mean, well, I'm, I'm yaying that uh, I got it right, not that Matthew was sniped through the head by a Nazi. I mean, that's quite are. a traumatic end to the cavern of lies. Yeah. Normally, <laughs> normally we get to leave. <laughs> As your bullet hits the target, Alice, you can't help but notice, rather than a puff of dust, as you might expect from shooting a cannon wall, the name 
Alice Bell appears. <gasps> How curious. Farewell for now. <laughs> Quick. Oh, God, I've got to drag Matthew's body out of the cavern. Titan, Alabaster Titan, help. Can you grab his legs? Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing the job. Oh, thanks. he's used his healing magic as well. Oh, Thank God. God. Cheers, tights. Oh, let's get out of it. <laughs> uh, uh, how's that for cinematic? That was great. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, what a wonderful cavern to end this. The best weapon <laughs> special of the Electronic Wire, the show episode 150. Um, all that remains now is, well, first of all, actually, to ask uh, what th the Dragon Bane deal is, because we forgot to ask about that. It's the name of the sword you get for winning Skyrim. Oh, it's God. also Dragon Bane. Very uh. good. Now, uh, to also give some recommendations. Uh, Matthew, what are you recommending this week? I am recommending, uh, because I'm just a terrible cliche, um, an anthology of Japanese mystery stories, and Ooh. it's called Ellery Queen's Japanese Mystery Stories, which is a collection of things that were printed in various Ellery Queen magazines over the years. Um, I've been reading it uh, recently, and uh, really, like, everyone's a winner. I'm getting into short crime fiction. Because it's everything you like about crime fiction, but it's over in like thirty pages. It's fun. <laughs> mm. uh, very good. Um, I'm going to recommend another subscription box service thing because I've been recommending these a lot over the past year, but um, I like them. So there's one that we've started using that I think a lot of people have been using, uh, which is called Oddbox, um, and you get a box of. Uh, fruit and or vegetables um that would have been landfilled for um being either uh the wrong shape the wrong size or being surplus uh, it's just perfectly good food that was going to be chucked out um and uh it's depending on what size you you pick it's about i think 12 pounds a box um and we got uh last time we got uh a whole pineapple. Uh, we got mm. three bok choy. We got um, tomatoes, potatoes, a bunch of clementines, some apples, some green uh, potted peas, which is a lot of fun to zip open. Um, and they send uh, suggested recipes and a little card telling you what you've got and why. For example, we got peas because it's been very hot. And while some things will uh, stop growing in certain temperatures, peas, when it gets hot, go mad for it. So a bunch of pea farmers found themselves with a load of peas that they weren't expecting to have because they'd all grown and were ready to harvest at once. Uh, and they would have been chucked away. But we got some I can't believe your veg comes with law. I That's know, great. Right? Um, so, yeah, it's uh, $12.99 for uh, a small box, I think. But um, you can often find codes to get money off. And uh, I think if you put in my name at checkout, you'll get um, uh, a referral discount as well. That I will get a referral discount too, I should oh, say. Oh, God, so, what, a, what a scam you're running on this podcast. I, um, yeah, it's a big veg scam. Um, but uh, 
if you're in a position to, it makes you feel nice inside and you get some nice fruit and veg. There you go. Odd box. Uh, Nate, what are you recommending this week? Well, I've got two recommendations this week because my life is just so full of stuff. One uh, is really practical thing. I've, I'm getting back into reading. I've realized what was stopping me. Uh, the light in our bedroom requires one to get out of bed to turn it off. So I never have the light on. So I never read in bed. So I've got a Glockiacent, uh round neck reading light. And it's so sweet. It makes me look like a little cyborg ant. Um, it's like a headband with two little antenna with glowy lights on the yeah. end. You know, like the lass in the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it oh, it yeah. sort of waggles her antenna at people. Yeah. It's quite funny. I keep pretending to be her to Ashley uh, and, and reading her feelings. It's, <laughs> it's a joke that's never getting old for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very good. The battery life's cracking as well. It's yeah, very totally comfortable. Good. The other recommendation, I have got I've long dreamed of a world of milkshakes beyond the drudgery of the Neapolitan. Um, you know, everyone likes a strawberry milk. And when I say milkshakes, I mean thin milkshakes. Um, nearly went Hopkins there. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, very limited in the flavors you can get until now. Uh, you know those moaning syrups that go in coffees and cocktails and stuff? Yeah. Turns out they are all stable with dairy. So I'll tell you what I've done. I bought myself a big bottle of pina colada syrup and I've been making <laughs> pina colada milkshakes with ice cubes and uh, putting them in a weird sports water bottle I bought for 99p at Morrison's, okay. which has a stormtrooper from Star Wars wearing a blue sweatband uh, emblazoned with uh, the text beast mode. Um, so to be clear, you're recommending the pina colada milkshake, but also it has to be drunk out of a weird yeah. Stormtrooper sports bottle. Yeah, it's kind of like how at certain bars, like the signature cocktail has to be served in like an old urinal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that, the drink is a beast mode and it is it's pina colada flavoured milk in this incredibly naff 99p sports water bottle. Uh, I'll take a photo of it and send it to you so you can include it in the show notes. Sounds amazing. All right. <laughs> so I'm just kind of imagining that scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because and that, that, that would be the end of your boyfriend dungeon transformation. The ashtray would kind of kind of you know sort of go ting in the light and then like spin around and then turn into you with like pina colada milkshake running down your no, it would be an ashtray you'd be able to pick him out because it's the ashtray that's full of pina colada milkshake <laughs> running oh overflowing seductively from the sides <laughs> bubbling away <laughs> oh let us bulldoze a ton of rubble over this episode <laughs> Bury it like E.T. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to this episode 150 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, the best weapons in games special. 
This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need. Uh, Rock Paper Shotgun is on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Just search for Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, we have the Discord, uh, the link to which you can find in the show notes. We have merch, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Uh, and we also have a supporter program where you can get a bonus episode of this podcast every month, as well as extra articles and a letter from the editor. Uh, and we have a couple of other podcasts as well as the uh, PC Gaming Week Spot, which is a kind of current events newsy program. Uh, that is uh, Matthew Anvid by Cullum. And uh, there's the uh, Ultimate Audio Bang, which is a fortnightly podcast all about shooters. Uh, so do check those out as well. Uh, and don't forget to draw uh, us as weapons and send in your fan art to a podcast at rockpapershotgun.com where you can get in touch with suggestions and questions uh, and ideas for themes as well. That was... Or oh, hold it in the Discord. There's a wiki there and all. I got, I got through all that and didn't forget anything, I don't think. Um, so thank you very much again for listening. Uh, do come back next week. Uh, and for now, have a lovely weekend. Goodbye. Bye. Hello from my treasure thieves.